This episode is being brought to you ad free by Digital Market Battles, the marketing agency that will help your business build their pipeline with high value leads. They will meet your conversion goals no matter what. Just head on over to digitalmarketbattles.com to schedule your discovery call today. I am the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, along with my co-host, the beast of the East, Jonathan Perriente. This is downtown sports. And we have... We had one of the most wild weeks of playoff football I've ever seen. Yeah, this is a digital market battle special. No ads. We're just going to go right through. We're going to talk about the last week, and then we're going to talk about this week and give you our picks, and all of this is happening in the next 30 or so minutes. So we've got a lot of stuff to get to in a very short amount of time. A lot of surprises. A lot of surprises that I didn't think was going to happen. Let's begin with the very first game that kicked off the divisional playoff weekend. Sure. That was Bengals-Titans. Honestly, I didn't know what to think about this one. Derrick Henry came back from an injury. It seemed like that was going to help Ryan Tannehill, right? Thought the and Titans were going to win this game blow, going away, right? And then they faced Joe Burrow. In Tennessee, everything was in the advantage of the Titans. But Ryan Tannehill, oh, Ryan Tannehill, went back to the old Ryan Tannehill from his Miami days. I mean, the turnovers and the interceptions. Were those typical Ryan Tannehill interceptions that you were watching yes. that night? Yeah. Those were typical Ryan Tannehill. But even that last one, that Throughout was his a entire ball. Even that last no, one, that, that wasn't was a his ball. fault. That wasn't his fault. That wasn't his fault. Derrick Henry didn't really go off for the amount of touchdowns and yards. I know he was coming off an injury, but I thought Derrick Henry was going to play a little rejuvenated, little revitalized football. The typical running back you expect Derrick Henry to be is that barreling back that wears defenses down. But when you have a busted foot and you're coming back early. He was out since week eight. He was out for almost 10 weeks. Remember what Dr. Kate said? Well, that was about where he came back. You had that bye. You were Tennessee. You had the first seed. And still. Derrick Henry um, rush for 70 yards. It, it, but she said that would be the absolute earliest, but she wouldn't recommend it. And well, right now, Mike Vrabel and his Titans are going home. So athletes and everybody out there. By the way, our last episode that we have, our full episode is has Dr. Kate at the front of it. So, um, if you want to know about when players are really coming back or when they're actually when they should come back, you might want to listen to her and hear what she's got to say, because, uh, well, when you don't listen to Dr. Kate, you come back too early. You don't rush for more than 70 yards and your team loses. I'll tell you, though, what we did see. And I think now it's time. I think it's finally time to put them on that pedestal of the next quarterbacks of this generation. And that is Joe Burrow. I think, ladies and gentlemen, we I'm I'm telling you now, Joe Burrow is is a for real quarterback, guys. Beat Pat Mahomes first. He only scored 22 points against the Titans defense, he which admittedly beat was Mahomes not that this good. season already. Burrow has already beaten Mahomes this year. Yeah, beat it, beat him in Arrowhead when everybody's screaming and it's uh, okay. the championship game. Well, I'll tell you what, I He's like supposed the crew to be Burrow a stud. has around him. I like the crew Burrow has around him. I would be. I'd be a little nervous if I'm Kansas City when you're dealing with Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon can get a few runs here and there. You have Tyler Boyd. You have C. Do you know what Pac-Man Jones said? 
And uh, this is quite telling because the Bengals, it's not as if they're just a young team that has just popped out of nowhere. This is a team that's a perennial postseason contender up until what last year. This team Um, Burrow was just Burrow was hurt the first year when he came out. And that's the one year they really didn't make the postseason under with Dalton. They were there almost every single year. But do you know what Mr. Pac-Man Jones had to say? Please. He said the only reason the Bengals lost all those postseason games was because Andy Dalton was their quarterback. Then went on to say Joe Burrow is the real deal. Now you're going to see what this Bengals team could do. And with Jamar Chase now, this rookie wide receiver that didn't he come into the year, people thought he was uh, known for dropping the ball a lot. He, he couldn't he didn't have good hands or something like uh, that. I think that was a concern people had about Chase. And he does drop balls that that that's not unfounded, but I have not been seeing much of that this year. And with Joe Burrow having the confidence to get the ball to him constantly. Well, it's much it's much harder to drop a pass when a quarterback is hitting you in stride while you're burning the entire. You you know how hard that is to do, particularly for a rookie with a still a, a young quarterback that's kind of beginning to find who he is on this team. Hold up, Joe Burrow beginning to find who okay, he is. What I'm saying, what I mean by that is hold up. I'm you've now seen Burrow you. put it together. You're now Let seeing me stop Burrow you. put everything together. Okay. Let me stop you right there. Okay, I'm please go so ahead. sorry. Joe Burrow was that kid that went around high school and everybody loved him. Everybody loved him. The teachers loved him. The coaches loved him. The janitor loved him. The school bus driver loved him. Then he went to college and everybody kept loving him. Everybody loved him. The, the, the guy at the bar that would serve the underage kids drinks would give Joe Burrow an extra one for free. Everybody loved this guy. And then he comes to the NFL. And what's been different? This guy has had the confidence to lead a locker room since he could walk and talk. People have compared him the- to Broadway Joe. People have compared yeah. him to Joe Namath. That is the comparison that I'm hearing too, with the way that he walks into a room and commands a locker room. These are the comparisons you're hearing. Broadway Joe, Peyton Manning. That's what you're hearing. That's some so I think pretty big company. Well, I think now either way, yeah. Either locker room, not just with his mouth and his confidence. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, who day? Who day? Day the Bengals. Day the team that's going to lose to Kansas City, unfortunately. Well, let's, I don't know. We'll see about that. Oh, we're, 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 we're going to talk about it right here, right now. Let's get to Kansas City. Well, that was the that was the nightcap of the Sunday divisional playoff game. And, you know. Hold on. You're hearing this because. I need to get a couple things off my chest from this game. Okay. Okay. I I have to go through how this whole game unwinded because until the last two minutes, let me please go ahead because you hear the music in the background and I've got to talk and you could get to all of the intricacies of it after I'm done, but I, I I've just heard way too much talk on this, on this subject and I'm going to dead it right now. Everybody wants to turn around and say Kansas City didn't earn this win. It They only won the coin toss, right? And then you have everybody from fans to people that call in sports talk radio stations, even 
even some irresponsible hosts, personalities, reporters, and a lot of people are going on an NFL for that overtime rule. And we could get in and discuss that all you want. And I'm hearing so many people come up with changes to it. And this is what they should do. Should they start it on the 25-yard line like college? Should they do all that? No. I don't want to hear that. Do you know why I don't want to hear it? The overtime rule was fine. Do you know what, what, what could have happened or what should have happened? If the Buffalo defense actually played defense for one more play, just one more play with 13 seconds left, one more play, you could have been playing defense. Just one. And instead, Travis Kelsey burned this team to tie the game, and he burned them to win the game. And, and, and it's just so sad. Because Josh Allen, do you know how bad it was for Josh Allen? Pat Mahomes stopped celebrating with his team. Random Josh Allen, who looked dejected as hell and gave him a hug and whispered into his ear. And I think I actually got a chance to get a little bit of Mahomes' lips. He said, you'll get here one day. He said, raw deal, man. You got screwed. I literally think those were the words. And I think Mahomes was talking about the uh, coin flip, but here's how Josh Allen really got screwed. You ready? Here's how he really got screwed. He got screwed over by his defensive coordinator who decided it was time to play prevent defense against the team that knows how to eat up chunks of yardage better than anyone else. And that Buffalo defense literally screwed Josh Allen out of another think anybody thought I didn't think anybody even thought Kansas City was going to do this. Look, let me go through the the last two minutes of, of, of that fourth quarter, because this is this broke all the laws of logic for the last two minutes. How many times do we have? Oh, I don't know. Three touchdowns scored in a span of a minute and 41 seconds. How many times does that happen in the final two minutes of a football game? I know it's the most competitive part of the game, but like, okay, minute 54. Okay, Josh Allen finds Gabriel Davis, 27 yards, and they get the two-point conversion. They go up three. All right. And you think that's it. You think that should just be it. And then in 52 seconds, five plays, 64-yard bomb, Tyreek Hill. Okay, now Kansas City's back ahead. Josh Allen answers. 49 seconds, six plays. 19-yard throw to, to Gabriel Davis. For the, Gabriel Davis, by the way, had four touchdowns in this game for 201 yards. Okay. And then Mahomes went 44 yards on three plays. All because, all because Buffalo refused to play actual defense. Josh one of those three plays, if on just one of those three plays, it gave Kansas City how many seconds, but they had timeouts. You could have maybe squibbed, kicked the ball, I'd say. You could have maybe squibbed it instead of kicking it off. Maybe eat about four seconds there. Yeah, so, Well, but they're afraid, oh, what if they run it back? What if they run it back or touched it? If you are scared of a run back, 
uh, yeah, I think they tried to put Tyreek Hill back there or something. If you're scared of a run back, you then... know how many times Tyreek Hill burned teams when he was a special teamer before he even became the top receiver on this team? Buffalo didn't play to win. They played not to lose. Well, And what happens every single time in the NFL when you play a game not to lose? You lose. You lose. Exactly. And you know, the sad thing is Josh Allen had one of the greatest playoff performances of his entire career in his young career. He threw for 329 yards through four touchdowns. He basically matched Patrick Mahomes play for play, throw for throw, pass for pass, touchdown for touchdown. He had a better game than Mahomes. He played better. He and you know what the sad better. part is? Mahomes lost just like this three years ago when he faced Tom Brady. You, you haven't forgotten that championship game from three years ago, right? To, for, sorry, for 2018, I think it was. 2018, 2019. Remember that loss? Mm-hmm. But this was up. more pronounced. This was more pronounced of a back and forth. Because, I mean, it was obvious that Mahomes didn't play as well as Brady. But Josh Allen played a better game than Pat Mahomes and still lost. His defense literally screwed the pooch. That 64-yard bomb to Hill should have never happened. And thanks to that 64-yard bomb to Hill, they played prevent defense for the rest of the game. Buffalo pretty much said, I don't trust my defense anymore after that bomb. Basically, Buffalo just gave the game away. They pretty much told you they don't trust their defense. And then when they had to go on defense after their defense had to play prevent just to keep them from scoring another touchdown. And that's supposed to be the strongest point of the Bills was their defense. This is what what happens when you're missing your best corner. I told you this is where White was going to be missed the most. And it showed. And it showed. Because White wouldn't have let that bomb happen. I'll tell you another team. As I think it's time we go to the NFC side of the divisional playoff. By the way, I'm going to call. Let's pick this game real quick since we did just talk about it. Might as well. AFC Championship, Chiefs Bengals in Kansas City. Burrow 30, Mahomes. Um, I'm going to say 35-28. The Bengals offense can't keep up. Burrow's good. Jamar Chase is good. Mahomes has way too many weapons. The key is going to be, if you're the Bengals, protecting Joe Burrow. And, and Steve Spagnuolo is going to throw everybody at Joe Burrow. You know how many times Burrow was sacked in the Titans game? Sacked nine times. He was sacked nine times, Burrow, because the O-line couldn't protect him. And that's why the, honestly. You don't uh, think Kansas Bengals, City's defense isn't licking their chops to do it to him? And Kansas City's defense is a little bit better than the Titans' defense. Well, who am Bengals I talking? Defense, They're a lot better. No, the Bengals' defense is right up there. I'm not saying they maybe can't make a, a takeaway here and there, maybe make a fumble recovery there. It doesn't maybe get matter Patrick what defense. to make a mistake. Yeah, that's the only way you're going to – that's the only thing a defense could do to Kansas City is you have to turn them over. They're still going to score 35 points. It doesn't matter what they do. But instead of making them punt, the three and outs that Kansas City does against teams need to be turnovers if you're trying to beat the – Chiefs and well the Bengals defense can but I just don't see I I don't see Joe Burrow scoring more than 30 points on this team I I just don't because he's going to be on his back too much well I think you're going to see Cincinnati surprise people again 
they've already shocked some people already, at least to get to this point of the AFC with the AFC championship game. People remember Cincinnati didn't win a playoff game since 1991. You know, their victory on the road. Now you're telling them they haven't won one in 30 years. You're telling them to win two and one. You know, yesterday, last week was the first time in franchise history. The Bengals ever won a playoff game on the road. I think people need to understand that they had never won a road playoff game until last week. You don't think we've already talked about Burrow and the confidence he plays with. You don't think Burrow is not thinking about maybe we may have something. Maybe we may have something that Patrick Joe Burrow, I guarantee you, is one of the only people in America that thinks he could beat the Chiefs. But that's just the way Joe Burrow is. And that's why I like Joe Burrow. But I think it's not going to happen. I won't be sure. You're, you're a fool to bet against the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I think this will be a little closer than people think. I, yes, I will say Kansas City at the end will squeak out the victory in this one, but it won't be by a touchdown. I think it will come down to a field goal. Field goal is how this game is going to end. 40-37, Kansas City. Wow. It's going to come down to that field goal. It's going to come down to that field goal by Harrison Butker. I'm telling you that. I'm calling it. And now let's go to the other side. The NFC. And let's begin let's with talk. a game. I think I know the perfect game we need to go for dive it. into go here. For it. Tampa Bay, Los Angeles. You know, uh, it's kind of funny how at one point, how one-sided this game was. You saw how the Rams came out. They had their game plan executed perfectly. Brady was turned over the ball. The Buccaneers were making mistakes. They were frustrating Brady throughout the whole game. Rams were up 27-3 halfway into the third quarter. Right, they were doing everything you're supposed to do. And then suddenly, just out of the blue, Rams started fumbling the ball. Cam Akers fumbled the ball. 27-6. Okay, not a terrible thing. Three minutes left. Then Cooper Cup fumbles the ball. 12 seconds left in the third quarter. Letter Fournette touchdown. Now it's 27-13. Suddenly, now we go to the last end of the fourth quarter, final three minutes or so to play. And again, another fumble by another uh, quick three and out, another stop. Rams went prevent defense. Mike Evans, 55-yard touchdown in just 36 seconds. So look where this is going. I now think prevent the, defense should be outlawed. And now the Rams. It doesn't prevent the damn thing. That's what I've go to the final. Now we go to the final seconds here. Tampa Bay, by the way, is out of timeouts. All the Rams had to do was get a couple first downs and the game's over. You hand the ball off to Akers, who had already fumbled the ball once. He fumbled it again. Bucks take advantage. Leonard Fournette ties it with a nine-yard run with 42 seconds. And at that point of the game, the first words I was looking at were, is the NFL rigged? What is it with Brady that he always seems to get lucky in these games? He, you think Brady's out of it. You feel like the game's never going to end because it's Brady. And sure enough, game's tied at 27, and Rams fans are already beginning to count down that maybe, oh, this whole team's going to get blown up. It's going to be the end of Sean McVay. It's, this was the Rams' best chance. And thank the good oh, – yeah, by the way, that previous uh, miss was a missed field goal that Matt Gay hit that was short. Otherwise, it would have been 30-13 at that point, and that's when Evans got the touchdown. So now here come the Rams. Okay. And boy, did Matthew Stafford make two big throws to Cooper Cup in the pivotal moment of that game. And thankfully, the Rams got out of that with a game-winning field goal. Can I say this? Please. In the beginning of the game, the refs made themselves 
way too involved. Do you know they gave Tom Brady an unsportsmanlike conduct yes. penalty for taunting? I didn't even see what taunting he was doing. He got oh yeah, he, he got wasn't. a little clipped in the face. He got a little clipped in the face there. Uh, was bleeding from his. You saw the, the yeah. bleeding. And he's he's yelling like, "Yo, you busted my lip." Then the next play, he's literally pointed to his mouth at the ref like, "Do you see the blood?" And they're just throwing flags at the Bucks and throwing flags at the Bucks. You know how many times Dominic Brady? Sue, uh, you know how many times Brady gets idiot, away but, with? You know how many times Brady gets away with those calls though in, in a normal game like that? But the times? refs, the refs honestly made themselves way, way too uh, involved in the first half. And there was a couple of times where the Bucks were driving the ball, and bang, fifteen yard penalty. Bucks punt, Rams score touchdown. I think the refs literally handed the Rams that game. Well, you know what? Maybe that's a little payback for how the Rams got screwed out of their championship game against the Saints a few years ago. Do you remember that game? The, yes, the I do. Clear, the clear pass interference that wasn't called. Remember that? Yep, I agree. So if that, you was, know a bit of, if that was a bit of a revenge call, if that was a bit of a revenge moment for the Rams. Karma. That's a bit <laughs> karma. Be a good karma coming back around on them. All right. The, the Rams game. did take care of their business. The Rams did win. And I'll tell you what, Matthew Stafford, only his second playoff win in his career, threw for 366 yards, threw two touchdowns, did not turn over the football. Cooper Cup, 183 yards and nine, on nine catches. Matthew Stafford handled this business and did exactly what, honestly, I thought he would do, which was beat Tampa. But now to a game that I am so glad that I called wrong. Be utterly disappointed, right. if, if you will, and that's Packers Niners. Uh, you had all the advantage if you were Green Bay. You were playing this game in Lambeau, in the snow. And what happened to the Packers offense? Uh, Suddenly, Aaron Rodgers only had faith in maybe two receivers, and that being one of them being his own running back, and Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. It was basically a two-man show. You get Did the everybody really think San Francisco wasn't as good as they were in 2019? People thought. Did everybody that, really take that pandemic year seriously with them? I, I warned y'all not to do it. People didn't think the Niners, for the most part, had a chance. You were playing Green Bay. You're playing one of the best offenses in the NFC. Before even that, forget that game. I didn't think they were going to win that game. But throughout the entire season, nobody thought of San Francisco as anything. They were three and five. They were an afterthought. And, and, and there was just one person, you know, one little old person that kept on saying, hey, San Fran's going to make the postseason and they're going to make noise. Hey, San Fran's going to make the postseason and they're going to make noise. Hey, San Fran's going to make the postseason and they're going to make noise. And everybody called this person crazy from his co-host to his statistician, to his researchers, to anybody that he talks sports with. And that was me. All of you non-believers. All of you. And even though I picked that game wrong, San Francisco scored almost as many points as I predicted they would. It's just that the Packers didn't score any, <laughs> practically. Um, and special teams was just oh, yeah. atrocious. That was the saddest thing about all of this. 
the Niners didn't even score an offensive touchdown. That's the saddest thing of it all. You know how many times Green Bay could have maybe gotten a few extra points on the board? Oh, yeah, they had a Crosby field goal blocked before the half. It was, uh, it was still, what, 7 nothing at the time. All right. But you let the Niners hang around. You heard my rant. You heard it. I, I gave y'all exactly what happened with that. So we don't have to go too much into that game because I, I gave you all of it. Right. Did you right see that? But did uh, you see the block punt week. coming? Did you see the block punt touchdown coming at all from a mile away? Can I can can I just say I, I made the point last week and I'll repeat it again. I don't know if this is true. I, I should have honestly looked this up, but I'm not going to pull out a mythical stat from my head that I'm not completely sure about. But please i'm about 60 to 80 percent sure that i have never in my adult in my entire life as a football fan and i don't think this has ever happened in a postseason where you had a field goal blocked and a punt blocked for a score in the same game by the same team crazy huh when you get when you give up a blocked field goal why in the name of anything that anybody believes in, would you not stack that offensive line when you're trying to punt the ball and you're within your own 20? You know, it was talked about that Green Bay special teams was a problem and never really showed itself during the regular season. But when push came to shove in a playoff game where the whole world is watching, and at a, in a close game where you weren't running away, there it was. And by the way, if uh, Kittle and Jennings didn't have Butterfinger hands in half one, the 49ers would have been running away with this. Oh, yeah. Kittle had a touchdown that he dropped. He had a touchdown uh, literally in the beginning of that game. Did Kittle? Yeah, and that pick when uh, Garoppolo got flushed out of the pocket when Jennings didn't – no receiver decided to come running back to help their quarterback – Yep. Other than those plays, Garoppolo had a fantastic game. Well, he controlled the ball. And that's usually that's really the type of quarterback Garoppolo is. He's a ball control type of back. And he's a smart quarterback. Look at who he learned from. He learned from Brady and Belichick sitting behind sitting behind the literally the best playoff quarterback in history for how many games? How many playoff wins did he experience? How many Super Bowls? He's been a part of playoff ball. He knows what it looked like in a conference championship game. He might not have played in it, but he was sitting on the sidelines. He was holding the clipboard. Garoppolo was drafted. Remember, Garoppolo was drafted. Garoppolo came into the NFL in 2014. He was was the 62nd pick in the second round of the 2014 draft. So he sat behind he sat behind Brady for roughly about three, four years. You know, he played a little bit here and there when Belichick went to him and he did pretty good. And then he never uh, had that. that one year where he had to literally play the entire year when Brady got hurt. Yep. And then Garoppolo really got to flourish in San Fran. And now you've seen the fruits of those labors. And he's only thirty, Garoppolo. That's the great thing. He's only thirty. And a lot of people are saying, uh, unless they go to the Super Bowl, he might not be their quarterback next year. I'll tell you this right now. There could be somebody else in that argument that may not be a quarterback for a specific team next year. 
And that's Aaron Rodgers. You think he played his final game as a Packer? Yes. Last week? Yes. You think that was his last game? Yep. I don't think he goes anywhere else. I think, think I don't think he stays in Green Bay. You think Green Bay is going to blow up this whole team? You think no. if if Rodgers leaves, Devontae Adams leaves. He's a free agent. It Already, depends on who it depends on who Green Bay brings in. Nathaniel Hackett is gone now. Nathaniel Hackett's going to Denver. You don't think Rodgers is not going to decide I'm going to go where Nathaniel Hackett's going? I'm going to go to Denver. Maybe Devontae Adams is going to come with me. You know, that is what a lot of people are saying, but call me crazy. I don't think John Elway makes the best decisions, and I'm not sure he's going to make this one. Hmm. I don't think he's going to bring in Aaron Rodgers. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers was looking at his new team, you know, the one that he lost to. You think he's going to replace Garoppolo? If uh, they don't make the championship game, yes, because uh, the salaries match up and you could actually get a trade done. I know he's from California, just Rogers. I, I, I get that. It makes sense. He's from California. And also the numbers match. Garoppolo comes to Green Bay. They pay him about the same amount of money. They pay Aaron Rodgers, get him off the contract, and then there's Jordan Love. But will he be able to utilize the receivers in the way Rodgers did in Green Bay? Is he going to utilize... Because obviously, I don't think Devontae Obviously, Garoppolo plays well in cold weather. He knows how to manage an offense. He understands how to read a defense. Uh, Very rare that you catch Garoppolo in too bad of a position unless his offensive line fails him. By the way, that won't happen in Green Bay. Um, I could see that going down. I could see uh, a trade, literally, with some draft picks, of course, for uh, that San Francisco is going to have to give to Green Bay. But the but the piece that makes the money work is Jimmy Garoppolo. And you think if we let's say this swap did happen, let's say it, it did happen. Garoppolo to Green Bay, Rogers to San Fran, who has the better plethora of receiving and playmaking from each other when you they're both very pretty much even. But imagine Devontae Adams goes to San Francisco and Brandon Knight becomes a third receiver. And you already have Kittle. Plus, you have Kittle, and you have Elijah Mitchell, and you have Debo Samuel. I'm just going to call something really quickly. I don't think any of this is happening. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I got a crazy prediction for you. Yep. Rams, 49ers, Los Angeles, San Francisco has been... Road Warriors all year long. And by the way, San Francisco beat L.A. to get into the postseason. You don't think L.A.'s not been thinking about that loss? Do you not think the Rams have been thinking about it? I don't think it matters. Because the formula that the 49ers used to beat the Rams is going to work again. It's called pressure Matthew Stafford play press coverage on his receivers let Elijah Mitchell run the football and if you're stupid enough to put eight in the box against Garoppolo Ayuk and Debo Samuel well then you deserve what you get well I let's see if Debo is going to be healthy for this one he did get banged up pretty badly last week if you don't have Debo I, I don't know about the Niners chances I do only because I don't see the Rams defense as being tough, particularly tough on the run. 
I think the 49ers defense is particularly tough against the run. And if you're not running the ball, if you're L.A., you're not doing play action. If you can't do play action, Cooper Cup can't do those nice double moves that he does to separate himself. Same thing with Odell Beckham. Matthew Stafford's game and the Rams passing game is a long game. By the way, San Francisco's secondary is one of the top five in the NFL. It's up there. No doubt about it. San Fran's defense is still as good as it ever was. In fact, it's better than it was in 2019. And Garoppolo is actually healthy enough to play. Um, Yeah, he really didn't play that, quote unquote, that well against Green Bay. Um, If Kittle wouldn't have dropped those two passes and Jennings wouldn't have dropped that one pass, a lot of people would have had a very different thought about the game that Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, this would have been a blowout. This would have been a blowout by by the Niners. Garoppolo played out of his mind. He played an out-of-his-mind game against the Packers. He played literally almost a perfect football game. And he didn't throw the ball that much, and he was playing this game in blizzard conditions. He in the cold. And he controlled, and, and, a lot of, and a lot of what people are saying about Garoppolo is he knows how to read a defense, and he knows how to call audibles, and he knows when a defense is going to come at him. He knows when he they're going to go for from him. Brady. He learned this and, from Brady. And his coach for years in Green Bay was the greatest defensive mind in football, Bill Belichick. In Green Bay or New England? Yeah, we're in talking New about England. New England. Yeah, yeah. in New, New England. England. Garoppolo was in New England, and Belichick was his coach. Yes. So I'm sure... His job every week was to get his ass handed to him by the starting defense as the practice squad quarterback. So he's seen every blitz package, every uh, thing a defense could possibly throw at you. Because Belichick knows them all. So you're the guy that's held that clipboard for four years. There's nothing an opposing defense could throw at you that you're going to be shocked at. So what is your score? Rams, Niners, who wins this game? Niners are going back to the Super Bowl. Wow. And I'll tell you why. Mm. They look every bit as good as they did in 2019. Their offense was their problem in 2019. Their defense got them there. And I think their defense is going to do it again. Because as good as the Bucks defense is, I don't think it's as good as the 49ers D. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to disagree with you. You could disagree, point. but let me let me just tell you the yeah, final score. Your point. Go ahead. 24-14 San Francisco. Oh. And I'll tell you why. Matthew Stafford's interception disease is going to come back in this game because he's going to be unchar- he's going to be under uncharacteristic amounts of pressure. I think his two best wideout options are both going to be seeing two people on them at a piece because San Francisco can double up two receivers, play single coverage the rest of the way across the board, and actually still play effective defense, unlike a lot of other teams in the NFL. I think you're going to see it happen again because the game plan San Francisco used the first time really doesn't change that much. It's called out-hit and be tougher than your opponent. And right now, the 49ers are the tougher team. Well, I'm going to say this. The Rams have been a battle-tested team as well. Yes, that Buccaneers game. I mean, 
First of all, the Rams are very lucky they won that game. You took away those mistakes, they blew Brady away. You take away the turnovers and the mistakes, this game would have been far and away Rams. You take away the bad whistle in the first half, we might have been talking a different story. Well, Matthew Stafford has worked his entire career to finally get a ring. And I think this is the best chance he's going to ever have to get a ring. He's 33 going on 34. This is around the time where quarterbacks at this age begin to fall off. And honestly, I don't know if Stafford's going to ever have this core around him again. We know the time is ticking on Stafford. We know it. He's worked his entire career to get here. And he's going to make sure he does everything in his power to make sure he gets that ring that he has been striving for his entire NFL career. I think the Rams are going to limit those mistakes that they made last week. I think I better see more of Sony Michelle than I did of Cam Akers. Akers ain't ready. Two fumbles nearly cost the Rams that game. I mean by this much nearly. So Sony Michelle is going to have to play well. Odell Beckham, I think, will step up as will Cooper Cup. I expect him to. But I think some of the other players around will play a big role. I think Jalen Ramsey will play a little role in this game where maybe you take the ball out of the hands of Debo Samuel here and there. Maybe Aaron Donald can be that presence in the front seven of the Rams defense to take some of those running lanes away from Debo and from Elijah Mitchell. You got to flush Garoppolo out of the pocket. That's the only way you beat the Niners is if you flush Garoppolo out of the pocket with consistency. The Rams, I think, have the pieces together where they can make that run. Honestly, if the Bengals don't beat Mahomes, I think the only team that can beat him is L.A. I'm telling you, if there's any team that could possibly beat Mahomes and has the best chance to do it, it's the Rams. I also think the 49ers can as well. That I have that to see. That defense is not a joke. But that for defense me, defense is not a joke. Oh, oh. And look, this is going to be a close game. Right? It's going to be a defensive battle. But I think at the end of the day, the Rams are going to do just enough. Rams will win this game 2017. Final field goal. And it will come down to once again, Cooper Cup on a big throw in crunch time by Matthew Stafford. That's going to be sad if that happens that way, but... Um, well, look, at, it happened further. to the Bucks. It I'll happened to Brady. Further. Huh? Garoppolo's going to have two touchdowns and throw for about 220 in about 21, 22 attempts. I say Stafford will throw and for I think about that's all 240. Stafford will give oh, you no, that 240. Gonna, Stafford's going to go for 300 yards plus, but I don't think it's going to matter much. Uh, I think you're I think you're going to see the Rams run the ball a little more and particularly with Sony Michelle. That'd be a mistake. Uh, you want to have Cam Akers seven, running the ball? He nearly he fumbled the ball twice and almost cost you the game. Running the ball for the Rams is a mistake, but the Rams need to run the ball in order to run their offense effectively. So you'd rather have Akers run the ball who fumbled the ball twice instead of a veteran who played for New England and Sony Michelle. I'd rather Matt Stafford throw bubble screens out to Van Jefferson and use that as sort of a running game. That's the only way I think you're going to beat uh, the Niners is if you pretty much abandon a traditional running game, which uh, the Rams are not equipped to do. 
they need to run that ball for their offensive schemes to work. You need to give Cup a couple seconds to get down the field. Well, they have other weapons they can throw to. Odell Beckham can get open. Van Jefferson can get open. Tyler Higby can get open. Van Jefferson is going to have to be running bubble screens and pretty much be your running game. You're going to have to have Sonny Michelle catch balls out of the backfield. Hell, they should be running bubble screens to Cam Akers. Just give him open field to run on. Cam Akers should be seeing your bubble screen. That's what should be happening with him. However, I don't think Sean McVay is an inventive enough play, play caller to beat San Francisco's defense. I Remember, don't think he, he's an inventive enough play caller. Uh, well, he wasn't inventive a few years ago because he had, oh, I don't know, uh, Jared Goff. He was too inventive a few years ago trying to overdo for Goff's mistakes. Now that he has Stafford, you're seeing him run a much more traditional offense. You don't think a much more traditional offense would be enough to beat no. Kyle Shanahan? No, that's the point. I think you need to be a more modern type of offense to take on the 49ers. You need a quarterback that's going to move the defensive line off center. You need somebody that's going to make the defensive coverages have to stay up in the box. If San Francisco doesn't have to put eight men in the box, Matthew Stafford is doomed throwing the football. There's just way too many variables here that if they go wrong, and if one of them or two of them go wrong for the Rams, the 49ers have this game because their game plan doesn't involve being the better offensive team. Never does it involve being the better offensive team. Well, we're going to find that out Sunday. Sunday, the AFC and NFC Championship Games. It all kicks off at 3 o'clock p.m., and it will begin. Ladies and gentlemen, it will all begin when the AFC title game kicks off on CBS, Bengals, Chiefs. 6.30 Sunday on Fox will be the Rams and 49ers. Who goes to the Super Bowl? Who will take home the Vince Lombardi trophy? It's going to be a 2019 rematch. That's what I think. As much as I would have wanted, and I hope Matthew Stafford does win because he does deserve a ring. I would love to see it, but I just don't. I'm sorry. I think Stanford, I think Cinderella's pumpkin, I think Cinderella's carriage remains a carriage for one more game. We'll find out. But for now, that's going to conclude this special DNB edition of Downtown Sports. You can listen to Downtown Sports on 16 different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podday, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, and Stitcher. Rants, episodes, digital market battle specials like this one every Saturday, Sunday. We are Downtown Sports, and we are where sports come home. You know what? When I'm right about San Francisco winning, what do I get? Because you, you're, you're just doubting me on that. All right. What, what are we doing? If you're right, I do all the editing. What do you say? All right. Sounds like a plan. If you're right, then you're doing it, and it's going to be you. Oh, we're going to find out who is editing downtown. And we'll even do like a rants recording uh, of us editing, you know, maybe for the blooper reels of the podcast. We'll have a lot of fun. It all happened. But right now, I'm the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente. My co-host in the South, John Shimoni, saying goodbye. We're out. Thanks for listening.